So our passage this morning is John chapter 1, verses 9 to 18, and that's on page 1063 in the Church Bibles. So John chapter 1, starting at verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We're going to spend some time now in prayer, and I'm going to read a few prayers that relate to Christmas and hopefully relate to our situation and circumstances across the world today. Let's pray together. Prince of Peace, you bring, you bring peace that the world does not know and cannot give. There are so many places on earth where there is no peace. May we live in such a way that what we say and do may bring peace to others. Angels brought the good news of your birth, which is for all people. There are so many who ache to hear good news. May we speak words of truth about you to those who do not know you, who are indifferent or who disbelieve. Jesus, you are light to the Gentiles. There are many who live in darkness or despair or shame. May your light so shine in us and through us that it may dispel darkness and bring hope into the lives of the broken and lost. Wonderful counsellor, the government is upon your shoulders. There are many who exercise authority over us in the different spheres of life. May the government we have elected use their power well to preserve our freedoms, doing so with respect, dignity, compassion and integrity. Lord, you are made word, made flesh, God with us, Emmanuel. There are many who feel alone and fearful. May we be your hands, your feet, your eyes, your heart, your mouthpiece, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, be you to those in any kind of need. Jesus Christ, you are the saviour of the world. 
there are many who don't want to be rescued. May we, who own that we are sinners who need a saviour, be full of your grace and humility. Fill our hearts with joy and worship as we proclaim in our daily living that you are the Messiah, the saviour of us all. Amen. We're going to sing again, um, perhaps a song that's not so familiar to our visitors, Christmas 1, 2, 3. Um, and this tells us how, God's prom how God promised that he would come to earth. So let's stand together and sing. Christmas time with a one, two, three, Jesus, Savior of you and me. Christmas one, God said that he would have to save us, it would be well worth the wait. Jesus, the gift God gives the world, that's why Christmas is so Christmas time with a one, two, three, Jesus, Savior of you and me. Christmas two, God told Mary she'd have a baby, he would be a special birth. Jesus, the gift God gives the world, God at Christmas came to earth. Today, this Christmas message, we're going to see one thing is split into two parts. It's this. Seeing is believing, and believing is belonging. Seeing is believing, and believing is belonging. We are in John chapter 1, that passage that Camilla read to us. You can have it open if you'd like, in front of you. Last week, if you were here, we were introduced to a person John called the Word. Uh, and if you hear, you may remember that the word is a person distinct from God, and yet the word also is God. Listen to what John says again, right at the beginning of John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word is a person distinct from God, and yet still is God. And we might be left, if we just read that, thinking, how could we ever know someone like that, someone who's God? We're just us, right? How can we ever know someone who's just God, beyond our understanding, beyond our reach? Well, the answer is in today's passage. And we're looking at, firstly, verse 14 of chapter 1. The answer is that the Word, 
who is God, came into our world, and more than that, into our skin. The word came into our world and into our skin. John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh. That means he became human. And he made his dwelling among us. He lived with us. He moved in, next door as it were. The world came into our world and into our skin. And that meant the word, who is God, stayed God, but also became a human. Now, what I've just said, if we even understand those words, it blows our mind. How can someone who is God also become a human as well? It's very tricky. Right, I'm going to try and explain it, uh, and it's probably going to be a bit tricky for some of us, but see if you can follow it, all right? Christmas challenge. Uh, I want an animal. I want, uh, I want an interesting animal. I'll give each kind of quarter of the room a chance to pick an interesting animal. All right, that side over there. Interesting animal, please. Shout out. What's that? Guinea pig. Okay, let's see if we can up that. Yeah, shout out over here. Interesting animal. What was the first one? Ocelot. <laughs> we'll go with ocelot. Okay, that's good. That's up the ante. Okay, let's see. What we've got a better... Platypus, very good. Okay, let's raise the bar. Interesting animal over there. Penguin, oh, a very nice animal. I think, I think platypus is probably the most interesting, isn't it? It lays eggs and it's a mammal. And it's got poisonous spurs, hasn't it? Um, not that that's really relevant. But okay, a platypus. Each of us here is human, right? We, each of you, I've met some of you, others I don't, haven't met and don't know you yet, but I know for sure that you have a human nature, that's the way you'd say, I have a human nature, you'd say. And that'd be true. Everything about you is human. From your hair down to your toes, your fingernails, all of you is human. And what goes on in here and in here, you're fully human. All right, could you, as well as being fully human, become fully platypus? Could you have a tail, a platypus tail, and those poisonous spurs and lay eggs, and also be fully human? Let's know. Imagine someone walked in looking like that. Would you say, Hello? Normal to meet you? Or would you... What? You can't be fully human and fully platypus. Yeah? You, that's not possible. Because the two are against each other, as it were, or they, they occupy the same space. You can't have flippers and feet. The two natures are in conflict, platypus and human. But what about God and human? Are those two natures in conflict? Well, God isn't physical, he doesn't have a body, so he doesn't have to lose some of his body to gain our body. The Word, who's always been God, didn't, didn't have a body for, from forever. But one day in history, John says, he took on a second nature. He became fully human whilst being able to stay fully God. Wow. Do you understand that? Because I don't. It's mind-blowing. How can someone who is God become human? How does that work? We don't know. But we can know it's true. The Bible tells us. Because we saw him. We saw him. You see, the most important question is not how does that work? How can someone be God and human? The important question is why? Why would God do that? Why would he come here? He's very happy already, thanks. Why would he come to earth? Which isn't perfect, as we all know. Well, the answer's there in verse 14. What happened? He became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And as a result, we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. You see, seeing is believing. Have you heard that? When you see something, you can believe it. It's right in front of you. You can't ignore it when you see it. And John says that humanity got to see the word. None of us can look into heaven with a telescope and see God. But God came here and we could see him so we could believe in him. 
He came into the world and into our skin. Humanity, therefore, got to see the Word, who is God and with God. We got to see Him. Uh, let's have a think about what that means for our believing in the Word. Um, I'd like, uh, let's get a couple, uh, three volunteers. I'd like a volunteer. Uh, yes, one over here. Thank you. Can, can, you, just, can you just stand up here? What's, what's your name? Cadiz. Is that right? Cadiz is going to stand there. I'm going to get another volunteer over. Another volunteer. There's a volunteer over here, please. Anyone who doesn't mind? A volunteer over here? Yes, Fran. Thanks so much, Fran. Stand up as well. Thank you, Fran. And then let's get one volunteer over here. Yes. Yeah, Lily, you stand up there. Thanks, Lily, you stand there. Okay, right. So we've got Fran, Cadiz, and Lily. All right, look this way. Uh, Lily, do you know what socks Cadiz has got on? No, you don't. She's quite far away, isn't she? Okay. Cadiz, do you know what eye colour Fran has got? No. no, you don't. Okay, now I'd like all of you to come over here and stand on this newspaper, piece of newspaper together, please. So you can get all your feet on this newspaper. Can you do that? Stand close to each other. Is that going to be all right? All right. Now, can you see each other's socks just about, if you're wearing any socks? You have to, like, to... Not you're not wearing any socks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, look what's... There we are. And can you see each other's eye colours? Can you see? Sometimes it's a bit tricky to know what eye colours are. That's, yeah, trying to actually give... Dark brown. Dark brown, yeah. Now, what happened there? When they were far apart, did they know each other? No. No. But now what's happened? They've come close, haven't they? They can see each other right in the eyes and in the socks. It's a bit weird to look someone in the socks, isn't it? Do you see that? When someone comes to be with us, we can see them. When they were far away, we didn't have a chance. We know a bit about them, but when they come close... We can know them. All right, thanks so much. Round of applause for these guys. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Do you see, when you come close to someone, you can see them and you can know them like you never knew them before. And you could find out, like those guys did, that their breath smells lovely. Or whatever it might be. You'd find out when someone comes close. You learn about them in a new sort of way. Well, the Word, he came into our world and into our skin. He couldn't be any closer. We're like nose to nose with God. All right, so what do we learn about him? More important than his socks color. He probably wore sandals, didn't he? But what's more important than his socks color? What do we learn about the Word? Again, end of verse 14, uh, verse 14 now, the end of it. What do we see? We saw that he is full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Gentleness, humility. He never lied. He always said what was right. How do we see grace and truth in the word? Well, there's lots of ways we could do that, and we could read through the rest of John's gospel and see lots. But let's just stick with the fact at the moment that the word chose to come into the world. He chose to do that. What does that tell us about him? Well, do you know what the word got to choose that none of us ever got to choose? He got to choose who his parents were. You don't get to choose that, do you? They're just the ones you get, the ones you get. We look happy about it, don't we? We're sat next to them, some, some of us. Yeah, that's good. But the word got to choose his parents. What did he choose for a dad? Well, he chose a dad who was a carpenter. A carpenter. What does a carpenter do? Well, works with wood. And the word actually would grow up to spend more time working with wood than he would preaching or doing miracles or anything else. Isn't that interesting? More time as a carpenter. What, what does a carpenter have to face? Well, lots of different things. I know almost nothing about carpentry. But what do you have on wood, like these spiky bits, when you just rub? What do you get sometimes? Splinters, yeah. You might be with a bit of wood and suddenly, ow! And like, we, you know, we're really tough, aren't we? So we don't, we don't show it, but it hurts. For that moment, all you can think about is there's a bit of wood 
in the end of your finger. Have you ever had that? You need someone to take it out. It's not nice, is it? And you just keep, and then you just pick up a small thing out, and it hurts. Splinters, they hurt. See, the word chose to come into the world and get splinters. He was maybe making a chair for a customer. And, oh. And, and see, the word, he's not like you or me. The word, John says, made everything. He knows everything. So the word, when, when you look at that, you just see some wood. But when the word, as God, looks at that, he knows what it's made of. He knows the molecules and the atoms and the things underneath that, the string theory or whatever it might be. He knows whether that's true, and he made it. And he can see that, and he knows how his finger works. He understands the human nervous system because he makes that. And he knows all those things in his divine nature as God. And when he jabs it, what does he think as a human? Ouch. He knows all of that, and yet he chose, he chose, ouch. And that's just a splinter, right? It's just a splinter. Because he would also grow up. And he'd be nailed to a cross. He'd be nailed to a cross, not just for splinters, but for sin, the Bible says. And he would take on suffering. The suffering that is due to us because of our ways that we haven't lived for God, that we've gone against him. I don't know how Christmas Day has been for you already. How long was it after you got up before you did something you think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? For me, it was at minus 12 minutes. I was still in bed when I did something irritable. We have sin in our hearts that means that we don't treat even the people we love like we want to. And Jesus came into the world to take that, to take our sin. That means he is full of grace and truth. The Bible shows us very clearly that God loves us. God loves you and you. I, I wish I could go around. It would be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? If I, and you, and you, and you. But it would be true. Because that would give me a chance to point at you and you and say, God loves you. We know he does, because he chose to leave heaven, which is very, very nice, all of the time, and come in to take splinters and suffering and take the punishment for our sin that we could be forgiven. God loves you, and he came into the world that you could see and you could believe. Just like that newspaper, God came so close into our skin, and we got to see the word made flesh, God with a human nature, full of grace and truth. Amen. Please take a seat. All right, on to part two, which is shorter than the first part. That's good, isn't it? We saw that seeing is believing. And now we're going to see that believing is belonging. Believing is belonging. And to do that, we're going to look at a few verses just before the ones we're looking at. So we're going to look at verses 12 and 13. And we're going to see here that believing is belonging. Yet to all who did receive him, that's the word, to those who believed in his name... He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Believing is belonging. Do you see that? To anyone who believes in his name, to anyone who believes in the word, he makes them belong in God's family, children of God, God's family. What is that like, God's family? How can we even paint a picture of that? Just imagine an orphan in Victorian times, like in Oliver Twist, that kind of thing. And imagine she's only got one pair of set of clothes and they're not very well looked after. And she's walking along the cold streets. It's Christmas and it's snowing, but she's freezing. And it's dark, it's not very well lit. And she's shuffling along and what can she feel in her stomach? Emptiness. She's so hungry. And she knows it's dangerous. There are shadows. Who's in the shadows? 
And she did have friends who now aren't with her because they've died, because it's so dangerous to live like that without any food, without any shelter. And she goes along, and she comes across a house. She can see the, the window's really brightly lit. And so she, she just goes a bit closer. And, and it's a bit steamy, so she presses up her nose right on the glass, and she looks in, and it's a dining room, a family dining room. And there's people there, and they're all laughing and smiling. And the lights are on, and it's warm, and there's a Christmas tree beautifully decorated. And the table, oh, full of food, a Christmas turkey, stuffing, gravy, roast potatoes, pigs in blankets, stuff she doesn't even know what they're called. And she feels her tummy rumble as she stares into this family house and sees this Christmas lunch. And what does she want, that little girl, right there and then? What does she want? She wants to belong, doesn't she? She wants to be inside, not outside. She doesn't want to be in the darkness with death. She wants to be inside in the warm with the light and the life of the family. She wants that food. And more than the food, she wants to be part of it. She wants to be part of it. She's desperate to belong, but she's outside. And the Bible says, that's you and that's me. In our own state, in our natural state, that is each of us. We are outside God's family, looking in. If you were here last week, we saw that the word is the source of light and life. The word is light itself and life itself. But we've all chosen to live our own way. We make our own decisions. Some of them look good, some of them less so. But we have chosen to live our way, not his way. And that means we're not with him, and so we're not with life and light. And that means we're like that orphan girl outside in the dark. We want to belong, but we can't get in. She can't get in, and neither could we. But God made a way. That's why Christmas is wonderful. God made a way for you and you and you that you could belong. How did he do that? Well, he came into the world. So seeing is believing. And by believing, we could belong. Believing is belonging. The word offers each of us a chance to be in that family scene. Not staring through the glass, but to be in it. Full of life and love and every good thing. And it's where deep down we all long to be. That's what we're trying to do. As we build our Christmas, did you spend a lot of time planning your Christmas lunch? You want it to be perfect because you want, you want to be in all the good things and you want those you love to have all the good things. Well, God has all the good things and he invites us in. Some of us here are probably guests. Maybe this is the only time you've come to church all year. And can I say it's so lovely to have you here. You're really welcome. Whenever you come, you're really welcome. No judgment at all. Just please, please come whenever you'd like. Can I ask you, just, just to, between you and God, Please don't brush off Christian things. Maybe you've been doing that for a little while. Maybe you've grown up with Christian things and you thought, I'll move on from that. Well, can I implore you from the Bible not to do that? Because if it's true, we are outside in darkness. And the Bible says it is true. Come in. Come into the light and the life. You are welcome in the Word. Who is the Word? Well, all the way through the passage, John hasn't given us his name. But we need to believe in his name. Did you see that? All who believe in his name. So what is his name? Well, it's there in verse 17. Grace and truth we've seen. Grace and truth, they came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. The word come into our skin. 
And in him, you're welcome. You're welcome. We can see him and know him, that he's full of grace, that he would live and die for us. And if we believe in him, we belong. That's an offer for any of us, to trust in him and say, Lord, you came into the world to take on the suffering for me. Please, I I believe in you. Please bring me in. I'm sorry. Do you know what happens to someone who believes in Jesus, in his name? And that's lots of us here. Do you know what happened? The moment you believed, the moment that you believed, not because of anything you did, any great work you've done, how impressive you are, or how great your Christmas presents, or how much stuff you have, but because of Jesus. Do you know what happened? It's like that, you were that orphan girl looking in through the window when suddenly, that's a rubbish door noise, doesn't it? Can't make a door noise. Thank you, yeah. Not very well oiled door, this one. And who sticks his head out? It's the son of the family, the eldest son, the one who's going to inherit the business and all that. And he says to the orphan girl, come in, come in. And she says, me? And she looks around, he's talking to her, and he says, come in. And she comes in, and she walks into that room, and suddenly she's warm, and and she can see. And the family all turn to her, and she thinks, oh no, I'm not dressed properly. I probably don't smell great. And what do the family say? Come in. It's so great to see you. He said you're coming. And anyone who's all right with him is all right with us. And she takes a seat at the table and they plonk a plate in front of her with so much food that she can't see over it. And she makes her way through that food. And after she's finished, they say, would you like some more? And she says, oh, sorry, I really must be going. I don't want to intrude. Very polite orphan. And they say, what do you mean going? You belong here. We've just made a bedroom for you. You're never leaving here. And she looks at the son and says, is that true? He says, yeah. I've invited you in. No, no one's saying you can go. No one's saying you must go. You've been brought in. You belong. And that, dear friends, if, that's, if you're someone who believes in Jesus, that's what happened to you. You were brought in and you sat at that feast table and you never have to leave. That's why the Christmas message is so wonderful. Because some of us, let's face it, we don't have that happy family scene Maybe we never have, or maybe it's a thing of the past. But in Jesus, the best is yet to come, because we will all be in God's family. We belong there because of him. We have seen. Seeing is believing. The word come into our skin. We see and believe in Jesus, and by believing, we belong. We belong in God's family, full of life and light, not only for now, but forever. Isn't that good? You bet it is.